The Seahawks and Eagles find themselves mired in multi-game losing streaks and have varying degrees of desperation. Who is going to right the ship on Monday Night Football? We'll be breaking it all down in a crossover Thursday edition. Locked on Seahawks, locked on Eagles. You are locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12s, Eagles fans. It's time for a crossover Thursday special here. We've got a big Monday night football game coming up between the Seahawks and the Eagles. I'm Corbett Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Glad to be teaming up once again with Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles. And we're going to be breaking down this primetime contest. Both teams entering this contest with multi-game losing streaks. So I'm sure that's going to be a major storyline that we're going to be talking about here on today's crossover, which is brought your way by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code all lowercase locked in NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Louis, these two teams, we look at where they're at right now. The Seahawks are on the outside looking into the playoff race. It's been a really rough last month and a half for Pete Carroll's team. The Eagles, they are very much a playoff team. Still 10-3, and three, but they've lost two consecutive games. Both these teams now riding multi-game losing streaks. I don't think that we anticipated when this game was showing up on the schedule that both these teams are going to be in the position they are currently in heading into this game. No, I completely agree. I think both just a month ago were pretty comfortable. The Eagles were the one seed, and they had a nice cushion at you know 10-1, and one, and uh, the Seattle Seahawks were in a pretty comfortable spot in the wild card, and now the Seahawks are on the outside looking in, as you mentioned. The Eagles have dropped to the five seed because the San Francisco 49ers jumped them for the one seed, and Dallas jumped them for first place in the NFC East. So, yeah, this is a very important game for different reasons for both teams. I did not expect both to be struggling at this point the way they are. It's a get-right game for one of them. The Eagles have not beaten Seattle, it feels like, in, I think, a decade, though. So, anytime they play the Seahawks, Eagles fans kind of get on edge. But um, hopefully, you know, the birds can get back on top. Which one, though, we'll find out. Yeah, this has been the one team that Pete Carroll has not lost a game to right. in the NFC. He is 7-0 against the Eagles, including a playoff win. Now, a number of those games have been one-score games. They've been close mm. contests. But it hasn't mattered who's been on the sidelines. Pete Carroll has had a lot of success against the Eagles. This is going to really test that, though, because it has been a rough stretch for Pete Carroll's team. There's now talk about whether or not he's lost the locker room. Are the players buying in? Are there enough leaders in the locker room? You know the type of noise that comes out when teams are riding oh, yeah. long losing streaks. And this is the first time in Carroll's entire tenure that they have lost four consecutive games. They're hoping not to extend it to five. But looking at the Eagles with those two losses they've had to the 49ers and the Cowboys the last couple of weeks that have dropped them into the wild card spot instead of being in contention for that number one position in the NFC. What has gone wrong the last couple of weeks for this team on offense yeah. and defense? Yeah, I think it's a different panic level than Seattle. It's a different situation. They are not losing the locker room. I don't think suddenly they're a wild card team or on the brink of missing the playoffs. It's definitely a different situation. It was more of an eye opener just in the sense that we thought the Eagles were the favorite in the NFC, right? They were 10 and 1. They had gone through a gauntlet of a schedule and kept getting wins against the Miami Dolphins, the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills. But we all knew 
the two biggest tests to get through the NFC and get back to the Super Bowl were going to be San Francisco and Dallas. And to lose in the fashion they did back-to-back blowouts against those teams suddenly opened the Eagles' eyes, I think the fan base and maybe the media too, to say they're still a Super Bowl contender, but these other teams might be better than them. I I think, Corbin, those two teams exposed some real weaknesses the Eagles have from a personnel perspective, especially on the second and third level of the defense. Their linebacker talent is not good right now. Their corners have regressed. They have aged, especially James Bradbury. The safeties are not nearly as dynamic as they were in 2022. Right now, they're the worst team in the league on third down. In the red zone, they are not good. The defense, to me, is the biggest problem. I think the offense, they've had some ups and downs. I think it's more of a matter of coaching and just self-inflicted wounds like penalties and turnovers. But I think the Niners and the Cowboys really showed the NFL that you can throw on the Eagles, and that's been why they're losing games. It's not just that, again, the offensive mistakes, coaching. There's been a lot of reasons. I think they're also just tired right now from the schedule that they've had to go through, but I think the defense has been a big problem. It's been pretty similar in Seattle. The offense is underachieved too, but it feels like the defense, especially the last few games, they let the Dallas Cowboys just march up and down the field on them, especially late in the game, gave up big chunk plays, They had a difficult time getting off the field on third down. Mm -hmm. Same thing against San Francisco in both of their matchups they had against the 49ers the last couple of weeks. There there were stretches where they were very competitive against the 49ers, but the problem was the explosive plays. And despite having a lot of talent in the secondary, they have not played up to that level in recent weeks. Jamal Adams is under more fire. Quandre Diggs is under fire right now. Devin Witherspoon got banged up last week. So the one constant that they've had this year in that secondary missed most of the game. They don't know if he's going to be available this week. And so there's been a lot of questions there. And then on offense, everybody wanted to look at Geno Smith and blame him, but it just, it feels like there's been so much around him that has regressed that it's made it very difficult for him to play at the level he did last year. They haven't been able to run the ball. They're 28th in the league in rushing despite having two second-round running backs that are very talented. The line has not been able to open things up. Shane Waldron gives up on the run game early in many games, doesn't stick with it. The receivers have been kind of up and down. The play calling has been a significant hurdle for this offense, for everybody involved. The offensive line's had injuries, and they've played fairly well considering the circumstances. But it's just – it's really been a disappointing season on that side of the football for a unit that I thought was going to be a top five offense this year. And everybody wants to point at Geno. Geno has really done the best that he can with some really difficult circumstances that have been uh, put in his lap this season. He's also been banged up himself. He missed last week's game. We don't know his status for this week. And so that creates another storyline. Who's going to be under center for the Seahawks and Can they take advantage of the fact that this Eagles defense as of late has looked very vulnerable past their front line? And I think, Corbin, when you look at the Eagles offense, again, they've had a really good year. They've been top 10 in pretty much every statistical category. Jalen Hurts just a few weeks ago was an MVP favorite. I think where it's gone wrong at times early in the year, these last two games against Dallas and San Francisco – They've had some regression around their quarterback, too, as you mentioned, like with Seattle and Geno Smith. I think the play calling has taken a huge step back from Shane Steichen last year, who now should probably be considered a coach of the year candidate over in Indianapolis. And then you look at the run game, not nearly as good as it has been over the last few years. They're a very pass-heavy team right now. And even in the passing game, it just feels like they're trying to 
go for broke way too often. It's like the vertical game or nothing. And I think Jalen Hurts has been, as a result, holding onto the football too long. This offense has failed at times to get into a rhythm because of the lack of a run game, because of the lack of targets outside of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, because Dale Scotter was hurt for a while. And also, Jalen Hurts has not been healthy for the majority of the year. That bone bruise on his leg has really limited his ability to run the football himself, and that was something that killed defenses last year. So the Eagles' offense still one of the most talented in football. They've been very good this year. But again, these last few weeks have shown that they've been inconsistent at times for different reasons. So we'll see if they can bounce back against the Seahawks' defense that, as you mentioned, has given up quite a good amount of yardage over the last few months. At least your team has the excuse that they changed coordinators because That's fair. <laughs> one of them went to uh, coach a, a team as a head coach. Yeah. The Seahawks don't have that excuse. They got the same guys on the sideline sure. calling plays, and they've regressed on both yeah. sides of the football. They're hoping to buck that trend in this game against a team that they have had a ton of success with in the Pete Carroll era. This is going to really test that, though, with the way this football team has been playing as of late. We're going to get to the key matchups to watch in this Monday night game coming up next here on our crossover edition of Locked On Seahawks and Locked On Eagles. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be full of twists and turns and throw a few wrenches at you at unexpected times, so it's important to lead yourself through it all and put a focus on your mental health. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy worked wonders for me when I was struggling to deal with family-related health issues, but don't just take my word for it. Having someone in your corner to guide you and you're struggling to navigate obstacles can be invaluable it's not a crisis line it's not self-help it's professional therapy done securely online and available to people worldwide with therapy it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you better help is a great way to invest in yourself and better help has a special offer for our listeners get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on that's 10 percent off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on You're listening to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Seahawks, Locked On Eagles. I'm Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Glad to be teaming up with Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles for today's crossover. Make sure to check out, we've got a 24-7 streaming channel here on Locked On, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Let's get to the matchups here. We've got the struggling Seahawks against the struggling Eagles. we got two teams riding multi-game losing streak. They're in much different positions, as we discussed earlier. The Seahawks truly are in desperation mode. They probably need to win out to get into the postseason. So this is truly a must-win. The Eagles... They're still trying to get that number one seed. They're going to be in the postseason. The question is, are they a wild card? Are they a division title winner? Are they that number one seed that gets the only buy in the conference? And these teams have not played for several years. So there's plenty of new players in this matchup, but there's also going to be some battles on the outside that we saw a few years back in the last game that these teams played against each other in the regular season in 2020. Louis, what matchup are you watching when the Eagles are on offense going up against the Seahawks defense that quite frankly has been, I think underachieving is understating what they have played like the last few weeks. 
yeah, if Devin Witherspoon is healthy, and of course we know that stat is still up in the air, that's the matchup I'm most excited for just because I was a big fan of Witherspoon at college. Same with Tariq Wollin as well. That's one of the better cornerback duos, young cornerback duos in the entire NFL. And of course we know the Eagles have two studs at wide receiver in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So that's the one that I would say is the most exciting, but the one that I think is the most important is the Eagles offensive line against that front seven of Seattle because I think they really need to do a better job of protecting Jalen Hurts lately. Normally, the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. That's not been the case the last few weeks, especially on the ground. They have to get that run game going, balance this attack, and stop putting so much pressure on Jalen Hurts' shoulder. So I'm excited about the passing attack, the Smith-Brown versus Wallen and Witherspoon battle. But for me, the more important one is that trench battle on offense. And I'm specifically looking in the interior because Jason Kelsey, to me, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the best centers that we've ever seen play the game. I like the two young guards, particularly Dickerson was a guy that I liked a lot coming out of college, has had some knee issues, but he's been really good in the NFL since he'd come back from that latest ACL tear. I think there's a lot of talent in that group, but I think Seattle's interior defensive line has been much better than anybody thought they were going to be. You look at the rushing stats that have been put up against this team lately, and you're going to say, oh man, that defensive line's a problem. They've had issues defending the run off the edge, but in the interior you take out one 20-yard run that the 49ers had last weekend, they could not move the ball at all running between the tackles. That was one thing that worked out for the Seahawks. Jared Reed's played really well. Leonard Williams, a player the Eagles know extremely well from all those years with the Giants. He has been an excellent pickup. It hasn't shown up on the win-loss record, but he has been really good. Those two guys, Draymond Jones, Mario Edwards, this is an experienced interior defensive line, but they're going to get tested. This is one of the better offensive line groups in football. I know the Eagles are not playing at their best right now, but this is a game they're going to be looking to get right. The Seahawks interior defensive line is going to need to be able to hold up against the run. And if you can get some interior pressure on Jalen Hurts, you mentioned the bone bruise. He just has not been as effective when he's been pushed no. out of the pocket this year. Normally, I would say that's not a great strategy to get him outside. But I think right now, if you can get him moving out of the pocket, I think it sets up well, especially with the struggles he's had throwing the football in those situations. Yeah. I completely agree. I think, honestly, Jalen Hurts has been very good, if not elite, inside the pocket this year. Corbin, unfortunately, he's still mobile. like He is still moving the chains pretty consistently, but it's just not to the explosive level of last year. You're seeing he's just not making defenders miss as much on the second and third level. You're not seeing the chunk yardage of the 15-plus yard runs like you did last year. It's Yeah, if it's third and six, he can pick up that first down, but you're not really seeing him get more than that right now, and I think that is a direct result of the bruise. Flipping the script, when the Eagles are on defense, you mentioned all the struggles they've had. It seems very similar to Seattle. Not mm. quite 100% a carbon copy, but a lot of the same issues for the Eagles on defense the last few weeks. The Seahawks have been battling during this four-game losing streak. What matchup are you going to be watching most closely from a defensive standpoint for the Eagles going into this primetime contest? Yeah, and I think the status of Geno Smith is going to be really big because if he does play, I'm very concerned about that Seahawks passing attack. The Eagles have struggled a lot this year defending elite weapons, especially, and this sounds obvious, but when a team has three-plus legitimate pass catchers like the Seahawks do, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, JSN, that is something the Eagles just, they do not have enough personnel to match up with that. I mean, most teams don't, but you would think they do with Darius Slade, James Bradbury, Kevin Byard, Reed Blankenship. But James Bradbury has taken a huge step back this year. Their elite slot corner, Avante Maddox, he's out for the year. Their safeties have been okay, good, not great. Slay is still good, but he's not the all-pro of the last few years. 
I think the San Francisco 49ers showed like when you have three plus guys, you can really overwhelm this defense, especially over the middle of the field. They have not been good defending the middle. So I'm hoping Geno Smith for the Eagles sake, he does not play and you get that pass rush to pin their ears back and go get Drew Locke because if he has time, I don't know. This secondary, they have not been able to hold on like they did last year. They've had some ups and downs. Like They have had some good games this year, especially I'm pinpointing the Miami and L.A. games. But overall, the secondary has been a problem like it used to be. So that's the big matchup is can they limit that big three in Seattle? And unfortunately, the Seahawks have not been consistent with that big three that they have. And again, I, I point a lot of it to the play calling. The offensive line has limited that to an extent, too. But They've not been able to take advantage. That being said, Metcalf has been playing much better as of late. He's had three games in the last four where he's been above 85 yards. He yeah. scored a bunch of touchdowns at three touchdowns a couple weeks ago in Dallas in that game alone. So he's been coming to life. JSN has shown some flashes. Lockett's had one of his best games. But I'm going to point out, and I've been saying this so much that I know our listeners, are it's driving them mad just as much as it's driving me mad because – Seattle's got three really good tight ends, and yet they choose not to use them most of the time. I look at this game, the Eagles linebacking core. There is no reason that the Seahawks should not be prioritizing attacking those linebackers with their tight ends and get the running backs involved, run some Texas routes, do some stuff to attack those linebackers because that, to me, from the games I've watched this Eagles team play as of late, especially that has been their biggest Achilles heel. If you can pass the football in the middle of the field 100%. and really force those linebackers to cover, the Seahawks have the athletes at tight end and running back to cause some real problems. And if the Eagles have to start trying to pin their uh, priorities on trying to stop the tight ends or the running backs from eating them up, and then that opens everything up for Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN, it seems like yeah. it'd be a pretty easy game plan. But uh, this Seahawks offense, for whatever reason, they – seem to want to avoid the tight ends most of the time. I'm hoping that that changes on Monday night with the opponent they're playing. This is a big opportunity for them to take advantage of. But most of this year when they've had matchups like this, uh, they've Mm -hmm. avoided it like the plague. And so I'm not overly optimistic that they're going to actually throw the ball to their tight ends. Yeah, that's why I think it too for the Eagles pass rush. It's so important for this elite unit to get back to what they were doing a few weeks ago. Because again, if you give, whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke time, Again, I just don't know how well the second and third level can hang on. So the Eagles, when they've had good games on defense, is because Hassan Riddick, Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, they are getting to the quarterback. And they have one of the deepest, if not the deepest, defensive line in football. So I think that's probably the key is just get to one of those quarterbacks so they can't attack those weaknesses the Eagles have. Real quick, who is your wild card to watch going into this game? Maybe an under-radar player that you think has a chance to have a big game on Monday night. That's a really good question. To me, I'm looking at on the offensive side of the football. They've got to get it right at running back. And I'm looking at, honestly, Kenneth Gainwell over DeAndre Swift because I think he's been more involved in the passing game lately. The Eagles are going to put an emphasis on being balanced on offense. Maybe from like a fantasy or like a betting perspective, I would say Kenneth Gainwell, that backfield. So I would say Swift and Gainwell, a get-right game for those guys. They're not really talked about a whole lot because – Hurts and the passing weapons are so elite and they're such big names. They don't get talked about as much. I think those Eagles running backs are the wild cards in this one. I'm going to go with Trey Brown, who I expect is going to be back in the lineup this week. He missed last week's game. Mike Jackson started for him. Mike Jackson's actually played pretty well the couple starts he's had this year. He started every game a year ago, so they've got good depth at that quarterback spot. But Trey Brown's got that feistiness, the aggressiveness, the athleticism. 
that I actually would be really excited to see him go up against the Eagles standout receivers. I think he's a better matchup in this particular game because the one detriment to Mike Jackson's game is his lack of burst. He's not the fastest guy. Trey Brown is a more explosive athlete. I think they're going to need that in this game. He's shown some ball skills this year, getting him back in the lineup. He's a good tackler against the run, which has really been hurting for them when he's not been out there. So he is my wild card to watch. Coming up next, we're going to get to our keys to victory for both teams, and we'll have some predictions against the spread. Don't go away. You're listening to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel entering week 15 of the season. I can't believe I'm saying that. Make sure to check out the incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, this is the perfect time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and they've got a wide range of betting options. You've got spreads. The Seahawks, only a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home against the Eagles. That's somewhat surprising. Player props, Geno Smith's total passing yards or touchdown this weekend, for example, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and enjoy the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. It's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks. Glad to be joining with Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles here for our Thursday episode. And we got a big game coming up on Monday night. I have to keep catching myself because I keep thinking it's Sunday afternoon, but this was the first game ever to be flexed from Sunday to Monday night. So we get primetime action at Lumen Field, and both these teams coming in as wounded birds, losing at least two games in a row. The Seahawks have lost four straight, the most in the Pete Carroll era. They're going to be looking to right the ship at home in front of the loud 12s. Obviously, that environment, even with the Seahawks struggling the way they have, it is never easy to win in Seattle. The Eagles are going to have to deal with the crowd noise, and the fact that the Seahawks are playing with great desperation or they should be at least playing with great desperation in this game. From an Eagles standpoint, what do they need to win? They're still the favorites to win this contest, but what do they need to do on offense and defense to ensure that they keep the Seahawks' miseries going for another week? Yeah, I don't know if, again, the problems they have, the weaknesses are going to get fixed in 2023. So to me, it's not, oh, suddenly the secondary needs to look elite. The linebackers need to have this huge game. I just, I'm not expecting that. They need to get back to who they were when they were 10 and 1. Their elite players were elite. They have an elite offensive and defensive line. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They have one of the best groups of weapons in the league. And those players have not stepped up in these huge matchups against Dallas and San Francisco. So to me, it sounds obvious, but just the strengths of your team need to get back to being just that strengths, the elite trenches. They need to be good on the offensive and defensive line. They need to be more mistake free penalties. Turnovers have been killing drives on offense. They've been moving the ball. Honestly, even the last two games, they have moved the ball, but they are not scoring touchdowns because of penalties and turnovers. They need to be mistake-free, balanced on offense. They just got to get back to who they were. I think, Corbin, some people are underrating just, I think, the toll the schedule took on them. Again, they're playing five, six really close games against elite teams on short schedules, and I think they were injured too a lot. So they just got to get back to who they were. And again, that's not going to be a quick fix for the problems they have, but I think they still have a lot of strengths that can make them a Super Bowl contender. 
Yeah, there's another way that these two teams have mirrored each other. The Seahawks have not had quite the gauntlet that the Eagles have gone through. But think about this. They played the 49ers twice in three weeks, and that was sandwiched around a road game on Thursday night against the Cowboys. They had back-to-back Thursday night games. They played in one of those 49ers matchups on Thanksgiving, and now they get the Eagles on Monday night football. So both these teams have had – really difficult schedules and at least the Eagles have won a few of those games the Seahawks have yet to show that they can beat these really good teams they had the Cowboys on the ropes last week they had the 49ers on the ropes early and they just couldn't quite make enough plays on offense and defense and so this is going to be the big key for me on both sides of the ball and I've been talking about this all week you need your stars The ones that are making the big bucks, they need to play like stars. And DK Metcalf has had a few games recently where he has done that, but his season's been very up and down. Tyler Lockett's season's been very up and down. Geno Smith, if he's back in the lineup, he's had a couple fantastic games as of late, but his season's been very inconsistent. Can you get the Geno Smith you had against the Dallas Cowboys? Because if you can, you got a really good chance to win this game. And even more so on defense, Jamal Adams, he hasn't even looked like an average starter. You need Jamal Adams to play to his talent level. Quandre Diggs has been kind of quiet by his standards. Draymond Jones, you pay all that money, and he's had a few sacks, but it's been largely a disappointing first season. They need their stars to step up and play like stars in this game. They haven't done that in the big games. Dallas was a little different. Their stars played a little better on offense, but they need their studs to play like studs in this game. If they don't, the Eagles have the talent advantage in this game, and I think they have better depth in a lot of positions. It's going to make it really difficult, and that's for the defensive side of the ball. You mentioned those turnovers that the Eagles have had issues with. If there's one thing that has been able to salvage things for this defense for the Seahawks, they have been able to, at times, create turnovers in bunches. Can you get Jalen Hurts sped up a little bit, not moving quite as well as normal, not as accurate as he was last year, especially outside the pocket? Can you flush him out of the pocket and force him into some difficult throws and create some turnovers? You've got a big athletic secondary that matches up well with the receivers the Eagles have. Can you force the quarterback into some bad throws? And I think if they're able to do that and they're able to at least keep the run game at bay, don't let those explosive runs sneak out of there, then I think they do have a really good chance to hang in this game just as they did against the Dallas Cowboys and for a good portion of this last game against the 49ers. It just boils down to playing four quarters and eliminating the explosives they've been giving up. That's easier said than done, especially against a team that has the talent of the Eagles. But uh, I don't know about you, Louie. This is a weird matchup in a sense that you would think from a record standpoint and the way the Seahawks have played for the last month and a half you would think that this game is going to be leaning heavily towards the Eagles. And if you would ask me two weeks ago, I would have agreed with that. But I actually think this game, I would be surprised if it is not a nail-biter at this point because the Seahawks are desperate. I do think they've been playing better the last couple weeks. It hasn't translated into wins. But they showed against the Cowboys they can play against really good football teams and compete. They just haven't been able to finish. So I don't know where you stand on this. It's a a three-and-a-half-point spread, but I expect that there's a really good chance that it could fall in that three-and-a-half-point spread range with these two teams that I think right now are more evenly matched than maybe the record difference shows. Yeah, I mean, I would probably still, I agree, if it's a one or two score game, I wouldn't be surprised at all um, when it comes to like actual points, the difference there. I might still take the Eagles to cover at minus three and a half, but one thing I'll take the over on, Corbin at FanDuel, 47 and a half is the over under. I kind of like the over right now. I think this might be a high, depending on if Geno Smith plays, I think that's a big part of this and Devin Witherspoon, but I might take the over there. 
Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. Now, the weather is something we've got to consider. Sure, now, that's a good point. I'm looking at that I've seen right now. It doesn't look like there's rain on Monday night. So that'd be a first that for the really Eagles improves court, the been... chances that the offenses are going to be <laughs> yeah. slinging the ball over the place. That's a good. Point. But I expect that there's going to be plenty of emphasis on the run game and. That three and a half points, I don't know that I would go with that. I think this is probably a six, seven point game. I think it's going to be really close. The Seahawks playing at home, I think, is going to help them. The Eagles have had some issues that have shown up the last couple of weeks. If the Seahawks actually game plan to attack those issues, I think that they can make this a very competitive game. That is a big if with the way things have gone this year, but this is truly a desperation game for the Seahawks and the Eagles. They're going to be playing with some desperation too, because they've oh, still got that number one seed in the division title that they're trying to win. So I'm expecting that this is going to be a thrilling contest at Lumen field and should be a really good primetime matchup, which is why they slid it into that Monday night game and made sure the Patriots were not playing on Monday night with what we've seen from them Absolutely. this year. As always, you can follow me on threads at Corbett Smith NFL. You can follow Louie on X at DiBiase L-O-E. Make sure to subscribe to Locked on Seahawks and Locked on Eagles on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss a single episode. We'll have a post-game Locked on Seahawks coming up a few hours after the final kickoff, uh, final play in Seattle on Monday night. Make sure you're listening in. Subscribe to both of our podcasts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the game on Monday night. Go Hawks and go Eagles.